0: Welcome to the Nativity Podcast, where we give listeners a behind-the-scenes look into the life of our active Catholic parish here in Burke, Virginia. How can we help you grow in your own faith? Listen to find out. Hello,
1: everybody. Happy Advent.
0: Happy Advent. Happy oh Advent. Happy <laughs> <laughs>
2: Advent.
1: At your normal hosts of the Nativity Podcast, um, Father Ed Bresnahan and Mary Castellano, your director of social media. Hey, we are here, but we have a lot. Maybe we're going to do something a little different this time. This is this is your podcast. That's not a podcast, <laughs> uh, friends. We are here with the wonderful. We are here with the wonderful Allison Fram.
2: Thank you, Father. <laughs> who
1: is our? <laughs> she is our coordinator. I love this absolutely amazing um no she is our you are our what's your your official title besides director of everything
2: i am my official title is director of college young adult and young family ministries Mm -hmm. it's a lot it's a lot
1: but we also but you're also connected with our baptism prep program you're Mm -hmm. also connected with our baptism hospitality program you're also connected with our young adult basketball program you're (laughs) also connected with literally everything um, a lot of fun
2: things yeah. fall under that title. Yeah.
1: yeah. She's the Nativity Maven. Is Other, like. duties
2: <laughs> as assigned Other duties frequently. as a sign. Frequently. This
1: is true. This is true. But between all of us, between all of us, one of our favorite times of year, one of our favorite times of year is the time that we are experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. And that is the beautiful season where in the church we get ready for Advent. And we thought we would come to you about once a week starting on the Monday, the first Sunday of Advent, to give you a little discussion, I think, Mm -hmm. right? A little discussion about prayer, like how it works with you, how it happens, and maybe kind of hone in on a different theme of prayer every week, um, which in one way would help sort of help kind of outline and guide people through the process of advent in order to get ready for Christmas, but also maybe perhaps like a spiritual journey that helps kind of unfold. So if you were to just listen to us on Monday, it would be sort of something that set you up to prepare for Christmas.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The idea for this kind of, we're calling it a mini series. So, this is going to be, this program is going to be a little bit different than what our, what you all, our normal faithful listeners, are used to hearing. So, we have Allison here with us today. We're not going to be interviewing her. We're just going to be having a round the table discussion, specifically about today. We're going to be talking about the first week of Advent. And this actually comes out of popular demand. So, for those of you who were following us back in 2020 and 2021, uh, Nativity was putting out a bunch of uh, videos series and one of those series was scripture reflections another one was prayer and we just heard such a positive response and feedback from those prayer videos that I've kind of had in the back of my mind for a while actually like how can we continue to offer that kind of spiritual nourishment to you all to, uh, to help you all kind of enter into this really special liturgical season. So that's why we're here today. So thank you so much for tuning into our Advent mini series. Today's theme is going to be on waiting. So it's the first week of Advent. Allison, what comes to your mind when you think of waiting? Yeah,
2: that is, I think a temptation with Advent is that you want to just jump to Christmas mm-hmm. and to being excited. We don't want to wait. But we had actually asked some young adults over the past year maybe two years about what waiting looks like for them Mm -hmm. and that just made me start thinking about you know i have all all the things that i have wanted in my life i had to wait for them and i think for us to learn that we can wait with god in prayer is a form of praying we don't just have to figure out how he's going to answer our prayer and then we can feel connected with him if that makes sense so i think that's for me been a big part of advent is just leaning into that like lord you already know what i'm waiting for how
0: mm-hmm. can we
2: work through this together
0: and it's a struggle i like when i think of waiting in prayer especially if i'm waiting for something like really specific or um i don't know like, like um something like an opportunity to come my way or even like a negative situation to resolve itself there's that waiting and just even even the thought of waiting kind of brings me a little bit of anxiety it's Mm -hmm. like because i feel like we've all been there you know i feel like even just the thought of like because the question that we had asked correct me if i'm wrong but i think the question that we had asked our young adults was like yeah tell us about a time of of waiting in Mm -hmm. your life and so Mm -hmm. we received a lot of really beautiful responses and each of them kind of came from a a place of hurt is too that's too strong of a word but it was like Mm -hmm. some sort of an issue (laughs) and so um Yeah. So waiting, waiting is like, it's like riding the struggle bus.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, don't we, like, we we have sometimes these negative connotations of waiting, right? On one level, we're waiting for someone else to do something before we can advance. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, how many times have you been working on a project, or you know, trying to navigate something, and you know, the only thing you're waiting on is somebody else to do their part. Mm-hmm. And like when group they do, projects right. school oh man, the I I joke, I joke that my group project people are going to be my pallbearers at my funeral. <laughs> oh my God. I, I know it seems a little dark, and maybe this can't like they continue. Let
2: you down. But
1: because they're people who are experts on letting me down. Yeah. Yeah. I've
0: heard that. Oh yeah. So, so relatable,
1: but we just have that, that 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 idea. It's like, in order for me to wait, somebody else has to be dragging their feet, mm. right? And so sometimes we have a negative connotation of waiting. And it's like when we say to ourselves, "Well, I'm waiting for the Lord." I don't know about you, but that, like you said, you said it's the struggle bus. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm waiting for the Lord to do something in my life, and mm-hmm. so I can't somehow do anything until the Lord acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know that that's a good way to think about it.
2: Yeah, I I feel like I'm living a personal example of that. So in the church, we talk a lot about vocation and figuring out the next step. And a lot of times, at least for me, there's been a fear of until I know exactly what to do, I'm going to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm in my 30s. I'm not married, kind of praying through and figuring out what that looks like. Um, I have felt God working through as I'm able to process, you know, I can still live in the moment until I find the next thing that God is still present in that moment. And I think that that can resonate with a lot of people in their own situations that God is still working. Even if we don't have the exact answer yet, we can be waiting with him. It's not that he's trying to let us down. That's so true. Yeah.
1: I think there's also kind of an element of unfolding in our prayer that the idea of what he's revealing to you is not just this one moment where suddenly everything is clear, but an idea of preparing you for something, right? And mm-hmm. building up to something. And it says, well, so that means he's acting in little ways in your life. And the waiting part is being able to say, okay, well, I don't want to jump to the conclusion just yet. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I always think of like a good Agatha Christie novel. Oh, Agatha Christie is yes. one of my favorite my authors. favorite Right? She's so wonderful because she's so good about building dynamic characters and establishing this kind of crazy convoluted plot. And, uh, and you're, you're, you're taken on this journey where the people you thought were suspects become clear. The people who were clear are now, you know, potential, potential whodunits. Mm-hmm. Right? And then all of it gets revealed at the last page. But you're not ready for the last page until you read the first 200. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to read the first 200 while you're waiting for the situation to reveal itself in a very satisfactory way. Mm, yeah. It doesn't make any sense if you just started from the back page first going, up. Well, I knew it was the butler all along.
0: I have been so tempted at when I'm reading her just to skip to the end because I'm like, oh, this, gotta know this who is, it is so like, because I know, I know I've read enough of her to know her tricks. And I'm like, this is not it. She's 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 playing it up to make it look like this guy did it. But no. And I'm like, oh, but I have to. It's like you're saying it's not going to make sense. Sense. Mm-hmm. And it won't be nearly as satisfying unless you go through the process and read all 200 and go through that emotional struggle,
1: roller mm-hmm. coaster, or whatever. But I think it really speaks volumes to exactly what you're talking about, Allison. just because I can't tell you how many times people will come up to me or talk to me about their waiting process in life when it comes to vocation, and they're frustrated because they're afraid that maybe they missed the moment when God told them the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, has God been telling me the answer the whole yeah. time and I just wasn't listening? Mm-hmm. I was looking for this sign, what if this other sign was the right sign that I was looking mm-hmm. for? And the whole time you're like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah.
2: Which again, I think comes from that fear-based waiting where it sounds like you were saying, Father, there's an other side to it. And I'd be curious to hear how you both pray in times of waiting. I feel like for me, I've discovered journaling has been super helpful of just writing out, okay, these are all the fears I have, all the frustrations I have in this, whatever the experience of waiting is. And then I've been given the advice of, you know, look up in scripture or look up from different, spiritual sources, whether it's music or talks or something you've heard, and see, is that true? What I wrote down, all my fears and anxieties, or is God proving that he is faithful and he does have a plan? And I've loved reading Psalm, oh, no, I forget the number, the Good Shepherd. Oh, sure.
1: 23.
2: Psalm 23. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, He makes me lie down in great pastures. And I have noticed recently, so correct me if I'm wrong, but sheep go to pastures to eat. Right? Yes. They don't yeah. just go there to lie down. So I'm reading that and thinking, oh, my gosh, he makes me lie down when I want to feed myself or he makes me lie down when I want to figure out the answer. But that's when God is inviting us to rest and he's he's working to figure out those things. So just little things like that have helped me as a kind of prayer practice. Just spend a little time in the morning. You know, Advent, a lot of us might have our trees up already. Some people don't, some people do,
0: but you we can, can debate that or a twinkling
2: Ooh. lights, you know, make it kind of a cozy experience, write down some of those thoughts. That's just
1: that's mm-hmm. one, <laughs> one idea.
2: Yeah, that's journaling beautiful. is huge
1: because I think journaling employs your senses too, right? Mm-hmm. So you're using your sense of touch as you touch the, the paper and pen. Uh, you're remembering and you're putting something down. How often do you go back through a journal? To reread and see yeah, what it is you wrote on. later mm-hmm. on, which is a huge way to sort of connect your prayer past and present so that you're not just writing words down and then just throwing them away as as, as notes to be forgotten, but instead, you know, you're committing them to memory and then you're reviewing them, going back. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful way to pray.
0: Yeah. I, re- I also really enjoy journaling. I, I really benefit from... Um, I don't know if there's also kind of like therapeutic for me, but like getting all the thoughts, anxieties, worries, joys, whatever, down on paper, helps me kind of move on mm-hmm. to sure. the next thing. It helps me kind of not stay in that place, especially if it's not such a great place. Um, a couple weeks ago, we were hosting a 40 hours devotion here at Nativity. And I signed up for a holy hour after um, my work day. It was a Monday. And I, I was feeling kind of stressed and anxious about something. so. I keep a journal here, actually, in my office. So I'm. Journals are kind of like this obsession of mine. You know how some <laughs> people they collect things. So um, I I always. I have this bad habit of buying myself a journal when I know for a fact I have three that are untouched, yep.
2: but the new journal un- will fix your problem
0: exactly. Right. Especially if it's like this one's
1: organized in a noob way, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: or it's like it just feels very professional. It feels new and full of hope and potential. So I leave I leave a journal here in my office at Nativity, and I was trying to bait like you know for this holy hour during our 40 hours do I want to read scripture do I want to journal do I want to sit in like quiet prayer and I'm like whatever kind of happens in the moment I'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna choose that and I spent almost the entire time writing down something something I kind of made up so um, recently I've gotten into uh, litanies so every Saturday I have a, a reminder on my phone um, Saturday, no, Monday, mm-hmm. every Monday, I have a reminder on my phone to pray the litany of humility. Mm. And Ooh. that's one of the ways I start Is off my week. And so just that kind of pattern of prayer from, gosh, I can't even remember it off the top of my head, from the fear or the, that like, I can do this, the thought that I can do this on my own, sure. Lord, deliver me, something like that. So so I'm kind of familiar with that, like the pattern of a litany. And so I had a lot of fear years kind of in my mind about a specific situation I was dealing with at this particular holy hour. So I decided to write down a litany of rebukes about myself. Ooh. And so I wrote down, so it was really similar to what you're saying, Allison. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down from from the lie that I am X, Y, and Z, wow. Lord deliver me. And it was all these things that like, you've been saying to yourself, I've been mm-hmm. saying to myself, I believed about myself and it. I filled up at least four pages and
1: <laughs> sure, back. Amazing.
0: And it was really pretty freeing because it helped me, it helped me kind of spiritually and mentally prepare for like a, a tough conversation I needed to have the next day. And I actually told some girlfriends of mine um, that that's what I had done, and they're like, "I love that idea. Like, I'm totally gonna steal it." And I'm like, "Please do. Please do. <laughs> yeah. It really helped me." Yeah, we little, should
1: little. probably say that to our listeners: is like, please feel free. If anything that we say strikes you as a method of prayer, we do not own copyrights. Absolutely, to this. wholeheartedly yeah. encourage you guys to to, to pray. I, look, for me, I, one of the things that, that it kind of resonates with me about like what you were saying is you're you're asking in so many ways. Through, through journaling and through writing, you're asking the Lord to handle something that's going on in your life, right? Yeah. There's a release of control. And for me, this is huge. I've always loved, there's a, a beautiful little story. I think it was John the 23rd, that when he went to bed, he would always pray the same thing. He would always say, Lord, I'm going to bed. You run your church.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Right? And I love
1: that the concept of just being able to say like, I've done what I could today but I ultimately know that I'm leaving this in your hands. And so for me, and, and this has been true for for essentially my whole life, is that um, I, I always have to make sure that I'm not tr- trying to do something that I cannot do mm-hmm. or yes. should not do, okay. right? I mean, obviously we shouldn't do things we shouldn't do, but, you know, but sometimes there's just something where you're like, wait a minute, I am trying to take from God something, right? And I feel like, a lot of times when we struggle with waiting, our prayer and and our actions are always trying to almost jump the gun instead of allowing him to be the one that acts, right? He's the lover and we're the beloved. So there really is an image of him pursuing us and saying, let me love you, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Don't just tell me a list of things that will tell you how you're loved, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like, let me love you. And and I, I, I constantly have to remind myself in my prayer to surrender and so a lot of a lot of my prayer i'm not very good at journaling i think it probably goes back to my poor penmanship that i you know i'll journal and then i'll look back and i won't be able to read and half of what it is is code breaking trying to remember what i had written i'm like did i say peace or cheese what did i say here like probably cheese probably cheese um, so what I do a lot is I try to figure out like what's in my mind and what in my life are distracting me. Mm. What's keeping me from being able to simply just be with God. And so I'll take those distractions and I'll take those kind of worries and I'll take those things and I'll try to offer them up to the Lord. And I, that's generally how I begin almost every kind of my prayer. If I'm taking some time to pray a rosary, if I'm taking some time to, I really loved 40 hours um, sitting in front of the blessed sacrament and just yeah. saying, all right, Lord, if I'm distracted about something, if I'm, you know, whatever, Lord, today I'm just with you. And that, that helps me lean, lean into the waiting thing because by allowing Him to be the first one, by allowing Him to act, I don't have to worry, mm-hmm. right? I don't have to worry. I already know that He's going to fulfill whatever He needs to fulfill in my life. Mm-hmm. And so if I can trust and I can just place those in His path, then, then. I'm not doing it myself, and I don't have to worry. Did I miss something? Did I? No, he's gonna let me know when he needs to let me know. Yeah,
2: I think there's also an element here of simplicity. That, again, from my perspective, everyone's trying to sell you something leading up to Christmas. Yes. Yep. and genuinely, Always. there are some great products out there, both spiritual and also just things you're buying as gifts. But do you need that in order to grow closer to God? Probably not. Yeah, and even if all i can do or all someone else can do is come to mass during the advent season and pay attention to what is god what god is doing during that mass i mean that's huge and for myself i have the temptation to think well the more stuff that i do the better god must love me more if i did four things today that were catholicy versus if i just went to mass but oh, i think yeah. that's we have to kind of undo that thinking and realize we're not earning God's love. We can just be present with Him in whatever activity we're doing. I think especially for maybe people in our community that are families with kids or I get I mean truly any mm-hmm. any part of the spectrum where your calendar is crazy during yeah. oh, advent. Yeah. Definitely. He's not asking us to do something that's unrealistic to our season of life.
1: We used to always sort of build. Did you guys build nativity scenes? Did you do the the straw to build Jesus's yes. manger?
0: I never with build kind acts. Yeah.
1: yeah, so it was just something know, super simple where it was like there was a little pile of straw, um, and every kind action that we did would be like a little piece of straw to help build the manger for Jesus.
0: Oh talk about this on our Christmas episode? I might have. This rings a bell.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's lots of bells when it comes to Christmas. But <laughs> wow. uh, but, I think, but I think the idea, this is so funny, right? Because how many times have you seen in advertisements the two things, right? Here's the must-have Christmas gift for the year. Yep. And then the other one is, are you tired of all the stuff? Instead, <laughs> get rid of all of it. Instead, donate money to this project. Mm-hmm. But each of those projects is doing their main campaign during Christmas. So... There's a trap there too, because that trap isn't actually detaching you from the wealth. It's just redirecting it. Instead of buying a Christmas gift, you're being bombarded by 50 different appeals for, you know, this charity or that uh, that good cause. And so you're still, you're still inundated with stuff. But I really, oh Allison, this is this is solid gold, right? Because the simplicity is, is a key. Yeah. Uh, because the simplicity means a detachment, right? And everything about waiting is not just about, uh, like like you like, like you said before, the, the it's not a fear waiting, it's a waiting that has to do with a detachment. You're mm-hmm. just detached from the worry of this next step because you're just going to go through what you're already doing and when it's time, you'll do the next thing. Mm-hmm. So there's really a simplicity in being detached from the stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true, especially right now, like as we're as we're entering into the season of Advent, like it's not even December yet. Mm-hmm. It's the last week of November. And for me, that's like one of the hardest kind of hurdles entering into mm-hmm. Advent and entering into that waiting and and the anticipation of, you know, of Christ's birth and incarnation is it's like we still have fall leaves outside. Right. <laughs> right. It hasn't snowed. We still have leftover turkey. leftovers. Um, it was
1: 70 degrees just the other day.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah so we we do we have a lot of hurdles i think um but i really i love that image father of detachment it reminds me a lot of lent and i don't know if like i don't know if we talk about it here as much at nativity like comparing lent and advent i've heard other like catholic professionals or ministers Mm kind of comparing the two but like maybe father you just kind of speak to the the similarities because like how often do we like enter into advent buying our christmas gifts and um, you know putting up our tree we're not thinking of lent like no. <laughs> that is a, we're not thinking of that at all
1: well and also kind of to be to be fair um, well, lent approaches a season lent approaches a season in, in many ways a season of sadness right Yeah. i mean easter is a season of joy but triduum itself is a serious is a series of grief is a a, a, a season of grief mm-hmm. right where we're we're preparing not only for you know, the resurrection of Jesus, but we're also preparing for his suffering and his death. Mm-hmm. So we're, 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 we're detaching ourselves from the, the sort of pleasures and luxury of the world in order to enter into this suffering of Jesus, right? But one of the fascinating things about Christmas, I think it was Fulton Sheen that really points it out. He says something really beautiful about it. He says, the wood of the cross looms over the wood of the manger at Bethlehem. <gasps> wow, that's yeah, beautiful. Wow. And, he, and then he and he goes on, because I mean, he can never say one analogy. He always has to have like seven that all <laughs> kind of connect. But um, but his, his analogy is just essentially that of all the people that were created to live, we're all born to live. And we always ask each other, well, what are you going to be when you grow up? Or what kind of a child is this? person going to be Jesus is the only one who was ever born to die Wow! like he's the only person that the purpose of him being born was to die and it's a fascinating like you know idea it's like when we celebrate his birth and we're so joyful that he's born we're not just like You know, hey, Mary, congratulations, you have a kid. Mm -hmm. We're like, Mary, thank God you said yes, because this guy is going to die for our sins. And so there really is um, a a connection between preparing for the coming of the king and preparing for what that king is about to do in order to bring us eternal life. Mm -hmm. So those two pieces go hand in hand. Christ gave up everything to become a human. And Mm -hmm. what starts in a moment in Nazareth with an angel and continues in a stable in Bethlehem is fulfilled on a cross in Mm -hmm. Jerusalem, right? I love how all those pieces fit together. So our detachment and our prayer here as we're waiting, well, part of what we're waiting for is what are we waiting for Jesus to do? Mm -hmm. We're waiting for this beautiful baby in Bethlehem to grow up. Right. To teach and and govern for sure, but also to suffer and enter into it and and enter into a sacrifice for us. So that's one of the reasons why we wear that purple, because it's the advent of a king. But it's also a reminder that the same king is the one who um, who is the suffering servant. So that purple reminds us of the cloak that he's clothed with um, by the soldiers when they they mock him as a king. Mm. But we know the truth. He really is our king.
0: Yeah. And you also wear purple at funerals for the same reason, right? Yeah, you
1: have an option to wear purple at funerals for the okay. same thing. I always think of purple at funerals as kind of the compromise between the white and the black. The white mm-hmm. reminding you of the resurrection, mm-hmm. the black is the solidarity with the mourning with the with the with the couple mm-hmm. or with the, or with the with the, the family, widows and the yeah. family. Um but that that violet is a like you said it's, it's a reminder of like entering into Christ's passion and death. So
2: mm-hmm. You reminded me of something, Father, when you talked about the baby growing mm-hmm. up to come. Why did he come? I heard this reflection. I don't remember where it's from, so I can't credit the person. But <laughs> an, an idea for an Advent prayer meditation to be imagine yourself holding baby Jesus. And if you've ever had a baby or held a baby, you can, you can do many things. Parents are incredible multitaskers when holding a baby. But if you're trying to get a baby to just be at peace with you, you just have to sit and hold the baby. And so this meditation was just kind of picture sitting with Je- with baby Jesus as you're going through whatever you're going through in your life. And, you know, just kind of wait and you can cry and hold the baby. You can, you know, feel all your emotions. God doesn't need you to fix your feelings in order to be with him. But I, I have found that meditation to be beautiful. And yes, Jesus isn't born until Christmas, but the waiting period we can yeah. kind of envision what we're waiting with him with.
0: That's so beautiful. God doesn't need you to fix your feelings in order to be with him. Yeah. Yeah. That is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's like literally that, that baby will stay in your arms wherever you're at. If you're in the kitchen, if you're in the dining room, if you're crying on your bed, if you're joyful, whatever the case, that's that's a really beautiful image. Mm-hmm.
1: I think yeah. that also speaks speaks a little bit to to pregnancy. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. carrying a child for nine months, like I don't have a lot of experience. with this, but
2: <laughs> All the women listening are like, what is he going <laughs> to talk? What, is he,
1: what do you know about us? <laughs> No, but I mean, I think there really is. There's, there's, there's a, a, a an expectation. There's mm-hmm. a, a joyful waiting. But there's also a sense of, well, well that baby is going to be with you. Yeah. That baby is growing and nourishing and being with you. Whatever season of life you're in, whatever you're struggling with, whatever whatever is you know, happy or sad, your baby, like if something is raising your blood pressure, raising your heartbeat, your baby knows that, right? But your baby's there anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, our Lord is, is there for us when our heart's racing or when our heart is at peace. Yeah. And we, we carry him now, for these four weeks, mm-hmm. looking forward to the moment when we'll be able to see him in real in 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 real life,
0: yeah, I think that's a beautiful kind of note just to end this on, Father, that, yeah, that Lord, the Lord is with us, no matter kind of where we're at, what we're feeling. You know, in this last week of November, first week of of Advent, kind of wherever we're at. Um, even just in our family, and our work lives. Um, I just, you know, just that comfort and that peace of knowing that like God is with us in the craziness or in the peace, kind of wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have it, if it's still like, if you're one of those people like me that refuse to like put on the Christmas music or decorate until December 1st. I don't know what your thoughts are, <laughs> Father. We're going to get into that. But, um, <laughs> but if you're like me and it's still, you still haven't even entered into that yet. It's like God Mm-mm. is still with you. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's important scripturally when we listen, just kind of looking back at four weeks of uh, when we look at four weeks of Advent. The first couple of weeks actually have nothing to do with Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. The first couple of readings are always uh, they're they're actually kind of ominous in the sense they're kind of end of the world type vibes. Yeah. And what it is is it's a reminder that Christ is coming. Christ is yes, we reflect that Christ comes at Christmas, but Christ is also coming at the end of time to receive us. Right at the time of at the time of our passing, uh, our Lord comes to receive us. And so there's a sense of detachment, sure, but there's also a sense of waiting for our own fulfillment, the time when we will go before the judgment seat of God and we'll have to answer for our choices and actions and everything like that. So our prayer isn't just, Lord, take me back in time, to the stable in Bethlehem, but also Lord, help me look forward to the moment when I will see you face mm-hmm. to face. And so the first couple of weeks of Advent, we're waiting in joyful hope for the return of our King,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right? I mean, I love this. Yeah. We say Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Yeah. And that coming again is what we're waiting in joyful hope for. So there's a looking forward, and the first couple of weeks of Advent, actually, the readings just reflect that, and uh, and our prayer can reflect that too. Say like, what am I doing, not just to prepare for Christ at Christmas, but what am I doing to prepare for Christ who's going to come to take me to uh, take, who's going to come to take me at the end of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a uh, nice little kind of connection. It's not to, meant to be ominous or scary or anything like that, but kind of a neat little reflection to be able to say, Hey, wait a minute, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: No, I think that's absolutely beautiful. Um, especially as kind of like like a closing thought. So like you know next Sunday, mm-hmm. you know like like maybe pay a little closer attention. I know I'm going to be paying a little closer attention to the readings and be okay. like, oh wow, like that is kind of apocalyptic. Like wow, like what what is what is the Lord really trying to say through mm-hmm. this reoccurring theme? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any kind of final thoughts, Allison. Yeah, I think for me
2: too. Just this conversation has reminded me to be present to whatever I'm doing. Preparing for Advent, so going to Mass, pay yeah. attention. And we know <laughs> what's going and, on, and we
1: don't have to wait in fear. Yeah. I love that the Lord yeah. is the Lord loves us, and He's going to meet us where we're at, and He's going to bring us to Himself. So the waiting is just allowing the Lord to be the one that loves us and that we can love Him in return.
0: Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining for our first, first mini-series uh, in, in this Advent mini-series here. So everyone, please tune in next week. We're gonna have part two, uh, and that will be on preparing.
1: Yeah, so, when do you prepare for Christmas?
0: When ooh, we're gonna we're gonna dun, get Father's dun. answer. We're so Hot excited. Takes coming up next week, everybody. Oh, so excited! So tune in next week, everyone. I hope this was helpful for you. Please feel free to share this conversation with friends and family. Um, as always, if you're listening to us on one of our regular podcasting platforms, please feel free to rate us, review us. If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe. Um, as Father likes to say, word of mouth is the best way to uh, to share our content material. So, thank you all so much. God bless you all. God bless you. We happy love you. first week of
1: Advent. Happy first week.